DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents A Sister of St. Therese, Servant of God, Leonie Martin, Bearer of Hope, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher is a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, a religious community dedicated to retreats and spiritual direction, according to the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. He is featured on several series found on the Eternal Word television network. He's also the author of numerous books on the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, as well as other works focused on aspects of the spiritual life. A Sister of St. Therese, Servant of God, Leone Martin, Bearer of Hope, with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. So, we have a letter here now of Therese to Leonie, and this is written just a few weeks after Leonie has entered the Visitation Monastery for the second time. Therese writes a number of letters to Leonie, and of course, Therese is now writing from her own monastery, the Carmel. Therese is already doing what the family will do throughout all of Leonie's life. They know the goodness in Leonie, but they know her fragilities. And so they want to support her, to bolster her, to encourage her. I know I mentioned when we went through the letters of Therese that every letter that Therese wrote is always other-centered. It's written for the other person's need. If these letters, and I don't think there's any doubt about it, reflect the way Therese interacted with everyone in her life, you get a beautiful image of what she means by all I want is to love. It's completely other-centered, giving of herself. So she writes to Leonie, Dear Leonie, perhaps you are thinking your little Therese is forgetting you. Oh no. Leonie had an almost insatiable need for these letters from her family to be supported. Uh, She needs them throughout all of her life. And Therese knows that Therese is just amazing. It's it's a lovely thing now that we're going to touch another figure of sanctity in this story. She she is so perceptive of human hearts. So, are, are you thinking that I've forgotten you? Oh no, you know her heart too well to think that. I would have liked to write you at the same time as our mother, so this was the prioress, and Sister Marie of the Sacred Heart, that's Marie. But there was a misunderstanding, and their letter left earlier than I thought. Today I am coming to take my revenge, you know, revenge, and now I'm going to uh, communicate with you and to spend a short moment with you. If you only knew, dear little Leonie, the thanksgivings I am sending to heaven for the favor that God has granted to you, that is, religious life. So Leonie is 30 at this point, Therese is 20, but you can see, Therese is the leader. At last your desires are fulfilled. She's always wanted to be a religious, and finally now she is. Like the dove released from the dark, all of Therese's letters, uh, she readily turns to scripture. You'll just They're all interlaced with scripture. Like the dove released from the ark, you could find on the soil of this world nowhere to rest your foot. You flew for a long time seeking to re-enter the blessed home in which your heart had forever fixed it, its abode. So she's 30 years old, her earlier attempts. Jesus made you wait, but finally the moanings of his dove touched him and he extended his divine hand, and taking his fiancée, 
Uh, so this idea of the, the religious life as an espousal to Jesus, as being the spouse of Jesus, is deeply rooted in Therese and Leonie, all of the Martin sisters, as in their understanding of religious life. And of course, it's absolutely theologically accurate. That is the heart. That's the heart of the consecration. And taking his fiancée, he placed her on his heart in the tabernacle of his love. The prediction of our holy aunt, so that's Sister Marie Docité, Celie's sister. The editors here include in a note from a letter that uh, Sister Marie Docité wrote to Celie. And this is when Leonie at this point was six years old. As for little Leonie, I cannot refrain from believing that she will become a little visitation sister. So her aunt had said this, you know, early on. Prediction of our holy aunt is then now realized. The child of blessed Margaret Mary, again the novena that spared her life, is at the visitation and she will be the spouse of our Lord forever. Oh, no doubt my joy is entirely spiritual, since from now on I must no longer see here below my dear Leonie. So Leonie would come. Uh, they could once a week. They could visit at the uh, the Carmel in the speak room, and she'll no longer see Leonie there. I must no longer hear her voice or pour my heart into hers. Now that's another exquisite thing, you know. Therese speaking of herself, as it were, finding courage and strength from being able to share what's in her heart with Leonie. As I say, Therese is amazing. If we had just one hundredth of the kind of sensitivity and love in her heart what beautiful things would come into this world. This is a theme that we'll repeat over and over again. I know that this earth is the place of our exile. We are voyagers who are traveling toward our homeland, which they absorb very deeply from their father and their mother. But Therese speaks of just hearing, the, seeing their father, just when he would be up in that upper Belvedere where he would uh, do his readings and being alone in the house at Le Buissonnet, just gazing out. They had a wide panorama because the house was raised, and just saying softly, oh, la patrie, oh, la patrie, the fatherland, the homeland, you know, just longing for that. That's deeply instilled in all of the Martin sisters, and very much in Leonie as well. Sometimes I think about it, we get it exactly backwards. You know, we think of life as what happens here. What is this life in comparison with eternity? You know, if we just had that perspective, which they had so deeply, then everything in this life would take its proper place and proper importance. Sometimes I think what would happen in the culture of our country if we just had this truth, which is so foundational, you know, if that were alive in our hearts. But it is very deeply alive in Therese, Leonie, and their sisters. I was struck by what you just said. It reminded me of... Therese's commitment to be busier, that her heaven's going to be very busy at work. And now I recall that activity that was asked of Leonie's aunt, knowing that she was going to die. Here are the things. There was a, a desire for the one who knew they were going and a desire for the ones who knew they were going. Here's my list of things you need to do. There is assured awareness that you're going to be busy in heaven with these petitions. And they saw outcomes. They acknowledged and saw outcomes. So when Therese says, I'm going to be busy in heaven, she really believes it. 
and the world has seen the outcome, haven't they? Sure. That's a nice link to the broader family. She is a, a daughter of that family, the Martin family, in that although she takes it to a whole new level, as she does with so many things, expanding it to the world and so on, and not just mm-hmm. another family member's needs and, and that sort of thing. One of the reasons why the members of the family have this deep longing for heaven is the awareness that they will meet again as a family there. There is so much sorrow of so much death in this family. You know, think of the four deaths of the, of the young children, then their mothers when she's, I think, 46, something like that. She's in her mid-40s when she dies, and then others as this goes on. And everything that we've seen in the story reveals the intense bond of unity, the mutual love, reciprocal love amongst the members of the family. And so Leonie, for example, in her letters, when she will talk about her longing to be freed from exile and in the homeland, will often describe it in the key of the family, you know, to see again her mother, to see again the other members of the family, her father. And then the time when we're separated now because we're in different monasteries, but the time will come when we won't be separated anymore. And uh, there's a deep longing. What, what it is, if I um, just don't want to forget to say this, it is, it is one of the most beautiful illustrations I think we'll ever see in our spiritual tradition of a lived awareness of the communion of saints. This, this family has a profound awareness not of the communion of saints as simply as a truth to say yes to, but as something that they that is real, alive, and that they long for. And the assured confidence that our aunt, she's busy, look at the miracle that happened. Our mother, look at this, she's still interceding for us. How could we, if we just believed, yeah. instead of saying, oh, well, it just happened, and we, that we believed when those moments happen in our lives, I think we miss them, don't we? Communion of Saints is real. I actually have on the wall of this room where I'm recording this, and I'm looking at it right now, the photograph of my mother and father. It was taken when they were in their 40s, and it's a photograph of them that we all love in our family. They're seated together in the living room in our home. I turn to them repeatedly every day. You know, when I would go on my trips to give retreats and things, I always stop in front of that photograph and ask for their prayers every day repeatedly. And I don't have any doubt. I know how they lived. I have no doubt they're with the Lord. And I have no doubt of their response. It's a very beautiful thing. And, you know, as I've read these letters of Leonie and her sisters, they awaken in me a more lively sense than I've had before of, you know what, please, God, we're going to meet again. Our story isn't over. Uh, we're going to see each other again. And when we do, any limitations that may have been there in what was a beautiful relationship of parents and children, even those are going to be removed, and it'll be more beautiful than ever. And I find myself beginning to think that way now as I see Leonie say this over, you know, 342 letters over and over and over again, she'll say this. And it's beginning to dawn on me that, uh, please God, if... I'm given the grace of perseverance. That lies ahead for me too. It's a beautiful thing to think of. So Therese continues, what does it matter if the route we follow is not the same? So I'm in this monastery, you're in that, since the only goal will be heaven. 
There we shall be reunited, never to leave each other. There we shall taste family joys eternally. So that's exactly what we're speaking about. And she elaborates, we shall find our dear father again. Now, their father is still alive at this point, but mentally he is taken away from them. And so what she means is we'll find him again as he really is. We shall find our dear father again, who will be surrounded with glory and honor for his perfect fidelity and especially for the humiliations that were showered upon him. That is the mental illness and all that that meant in his life. We shall see our good mother, Selie, who will rejoice at the trials that were our lot during Earth's exile. And maybe again, this is another gentle way of encouraging Leonie, whom she well knows is probably having her struggles. We shall take delight in her happiness as she contemplates her five religious daughters, and we shall form, along with the four little angels who wait us up above, a crown adorning the heads of our dear parents. Dear little sister, you see the share I am taking in your joy. There's that other-centeredness always there. I know that it is great, but Therese also knows there it's not entirely easy. I know that it is great, but also that sacrifices do not fail to accompany it. All right, so a word of encouragement. Without them, would the religious life be meritorious? No, certainly not. On the contrary, it is the little crosses that are our whole joy. They are more common than the big ones and prepare the heart to receive the latter when this is the will of our good master. Therese, this is 1893. Therese has four more years to live. She is in the process of developing this teaching, which will become her little way. And you begin to get echoes of it here. It will really take shape a few years from now for Therese. It is the little crosses that are our whole joy. There's a kind of kernel of the little way there. I'm so weak, I can't do big things, but I'm not going to get discouraged. I, I can do these little things. That's all I have to do. That's all that you ask. And all I have to do is turn to you with great confidence. I beg you, dear Leonie, to remember me to your reverend mother, and so forth. And the letter continues. Two months later, Therese writing again to Leonie. Now, Leonie, in the meantime, has taken the habit, and they had a, a public ceremony with the bishop there. Céline was there and their uncle and so forth. Now, this has just happened shortly before, and Therese now writes to rejoice with Leonie. Leonie has taken her religious name, and she is Sister Thérèse Docité. And you can see Docité from her aunt, and Thérèse, she's already looking to Thérèse as her spiritual guide. Dear little sister Therese, so St. Therese writes to Leonie, now calling her by her religious name. Dear little sister Therese, what joy your letter gave me. I cannot thank God enough for all the graces he is bestowing on you. So she just delights with joy because of Leonie's joy. We can keep that in mind as we go through this letter. Therese has very little or nothing to say about herself. Her whole focus is on the other. Céline has told us in minutest details about the beautiful celebration of August 6th, the day that she was given the habit. How our little mother in heaven must have rejoiced on that day, and aunt of Le Mans, with what love her eyes were fixed on you. Family. Family is so central for all of them. I am very happy that my mother Teresa, Teresa of Avila, has become your mother. It seems to me that this is a link uniting us together even more closely. 
I cannot, dear little sister, tell you all I would like. My heart cannot translate these intimate feelings in the cold language of this earth. I know we commented on this when we went through the letters of Therese, and she'll repeat this over and over again. There's so much I'd want to say to you, but words are too poor to express it. And then she'll always, as she'll do here, turn toward the time in heaven when we'll just have to look at each other and everything will be shared. But one day in heaven, in our beautiful homeland, I shall look at you, and in my look you will see all that I would like to say to you, for silence is the language of the blessed inhabitants of heaven. In the meantime, we must merit the homeland of heaven. We must suffer, we must fight. Oh, I beg you, pray for your little Therese that she may profit by the exile of earth and by the abundant means she has for meriting heaven. Leonie is now about a year into her third attempt to join religious life. And in the course of this time, her sister Therese periodically writes her letters to encourage her. And Leonie kept them. We still have this set of letters, 11 letters that Therese wrote her in this time frame. So this next that we'll look at is actually two days later than the one we last read. Dear little sister, my Sunday note will reach you at the same time as this one. So that's the one she wrote just two days earlier. And you will see that already I was rejoicing in your happiness. Thank you for your little letter, which pleased me very, very much. This theme of pleasing someone is very deep in the Martin family and in the conversation of all the sisters. Above all, pleasing Jesus. That's what Therese wants more than anything else, is to please Jesus. But uh, they often portray their love for another person in the category of pleasing this person. So you'll often see this return in their letters. And so when Therese lets Leonie know that her letter to her, Therese, pleased her, Therese, very much, uh, she's saying something that will really warm Leonie's heart, because that's what Leonie really wants in her relationship with Therese. You are very much blessed, dear little sister, that Jesus is so jealous of your heart. He is saying to you as to the spouse of the canticle. So Therese never goes very long without referring to scripture. It's just deeply ingrained in her. And she quotes from the Song of Songs, chapter 4, verse 9. And she has in mind a commentary on this by St. John of the Cross in his spiritual canticle. He is saying to you as to the spouse of the canticle, you have wounded my heart, my sister, my spouse, by one of your eyes and by one strand of your hair fluttering on your neck. Jesus is very much pleased with you. I feel it. Now you can feel this like bomb coming into the heart of this 31-year-old Leonie who is struggling in her third attempt to enter religious life. Just to hear from her sister, whom she reverences so much already, that Jesus is very pleased with you. How often did she get feedback like that, you wonder, you know, in her life? If he is still allowing you to see infidelities in your heart, because Leonie has shared with her, you know, my, I fail in this, I'm imperfect in that, and so on. I am very sure that the acts of love he is gathering are still more numerous. And then a lovely sentence, which of the Therese's will be the more fervent? So Therese is obviously Therese. And as we mentioned, Leonie, when she took the habit, took the name uh, Sister Therese Docite from her aunt and then for Therese. 
So it, this is just one of these exquisite little touches that Therese uh, just flow out of her the way music flows out of Mozart or poetry out of Shakespeare. They, they just, uh, they're ingrained in who she is. Which of the Therese's will be the more fervent? We're both Therese. We're both sharing the same life. We're both spouses of Jesus. And then she answers, the one who will be more humble, more united to Jesus, more faithful in performing all her actions through love. Now, this is three years before Therese's death, and this is the time, we're on the cusp of the time in which she will delve deeply and develop the doctrine that will become her little way. And as I've said before, you're getting touches of it here. So what matters? How is our love for Jesus shown? How do we please him? Which of us will be the more fervent? Well, it really comes down to performing all our actions through love. And it's just the daily small little things, but done with immense love. Uh, Let us pray for one another in order to be equally faithful. So we're peers, as Therese writes, which is beautiful. Let us wound Jesus by our eye and by a single hair. This is by the greatest thing and by the littlest. Let us not refuse him the least sacrifice. Everything is so big in religion that is in religious life. To pick up a pin out of love can convert a soul. What a mystery. Now we could go at, on and at great length in all that is contained in what Therese is saying here. I won't, I won't do it. But this theme of sacrifices is very deep in her little way. By that, she understands actions of love that cost us. And they may be very small, just holding back an impatient word or noticing someone who would appreciate a helping hand or curbing our impatience, and on and on, just the small daily things. These are the sacrifices, which are very small things, but which she knows with deep confidence are, are very precious in Jesus' eyes. And look at the richness of them. To pick up a pin out of love can convert a soul. She is deeply convinced of the power of living our daily lives, performing these little actions or these sacrifices with which the day can be filled if we live it this way and of the astounding spiritual power of this to bless other people's lives, including, as she says here, to convert a soul. I think it's safe to say, isn't it, that for those of us who are listening, that even picking up a pen with a great deal of love can cause that conversion, that movement. Because at its essence, isn't it true that God is love? And then if you're so united with him in that, that's where the power comes from, because it's his power that's doing that. And I think that's something that all of us could take to heart, isn't it, in living this out. And I'm sure maybe even uh, Leonie, as she's reading this, may not necessarily make that connection, but that's part of the, the grace that comes from even that little of a reflection. Well, as we mentioned, Leonie kept these letters and they became very important for her in the remainder of her life, which was still quite lengthy. She lived to be 78. More and more, Therese would become her spiritual director. She even calls Therese that at times after Therese's death. She's taken Therese as her director. So she is probably at the beginning in the early stages now. These are the first times that she's even hearing this. We'll watch this develop and grow in her. But what she discovers, this woman who feels so inferior and incapable, is that when holiness is presented in this way, 
something in her says, I can do that. I can't do the big things, but I can pick up a pin out of love. I can smile at a sister who is the last person right now I want to smile at. I can offer to help another person. I can be cheerful when and something in me finds it hard to be so, but be cheerful for the sake of another who needs it right now. I can put my heart into the tasks that I've been given to do today. I can do that. And even that's going to be a struggle, but I can do that. I know I've intimated this already, and we'll see more of it. This is the pivotal spiritual turning point in Leonie's life. And it's because of this teaching of Therese that Leonie did not remain locked in her own inferiority, closed, discouraged, depressed, cutting herself off from the world as she could have done so easily. But because a pathway opened out for her that she knew she could live and that she had on the authority of her sister, whom she trusted so much and later she saw beatified and canonized, a whole new pathway opened out for her. And we're we're touching it already, but this is really the spiritual key to everything in Leonie's life. You cannot understand Leonie without Therese. We're seeing the beginning of this happening here in uh, these letters that we're looking at. And I would add that Leonie's realization that this is something I can do and that liberated her from slavery to her incapacity and her limitations, all of that's true for every one of us as well. Of course, that's why Therese is loved so much. So, uh, it is Jesus alone who can give such value to our actions. Let us love him with all our strength. That's the conclusion. Your little sister who loves you, Therese of the child Jesus. Now, two months later, and this is a letter from Therese to her sister, Celine. So, Celine is still at home because taking care of their father, who is living actually his last weeks at this time. And Leonie has written a letter to their uncle Isidore, and probably that which has really disturbed Therese and her sisters. The editor here includes a letter of Isidore's wife, Celine, so Leonie's aunt, to her daughter, Jean. Hope all those relationships are clear enough at this point. Her aunt says this to her daughter. Yesterday, we received a letter from Leonie to your father, which left us with some anxiety. She is telling him with filial trust all her trials, her struggles, her combats, and even tells him that if she were not helped by her mistresses, she would be with us. In other words, if we're not for the ongoing help of her superiors, she would have left already. I assure you, it is not encouraging. What will she do in the world? Which is a good question. If she comes back, then what? She cannot bear it. She is not happy in it. Celine will write the Carmel to ask for their prayers. And then there's a later a, a letter from the same aunt. A few days later, she's heard from her daughter, Jean, who lives in Caen, near the visitation convent. So the letter from her daughter has really encouraged us. Celine, thanks you. She is going to set her mind at rest somewhat regarding her sister. All right, so we have a situation in which Leonie is struggling. And I mentioned before that when she entered this second time in the visitation, there was the same strict approach to the formation of these young women. And as I've mentioned repeatedly, she never did well with that approach. So Therese, who has learned of all of this, is now writing to Celine. Leonie's letter is disturbing us very much. 
Ah, how unhappy she will be if she returns to the world. But I admit that I hope this is only a temptation. We must pray very much for her. God can very well give her what she is lacking. Now, this next letter takes us to about a year later. And in July of this year, 1895, Leonie finally is unable to continue, and she does leave and returns home. Again, the eczema flares up. Her health just succumbs to this. She cannot continue. Actually, and we need to say that she was not the only one that left. All of the novices actually also left. The regime was just too severe for all of them. So this is another one of these difficult circumstances in Leonie's life. Had she been received or had the formation been gentler, more accommodating, would she have left this time? It's a good question. But in any case, yet at yet another turn, turning point in her life, she does not find the, the gentleness and the tenderness and the encouragement that she needs, and she is unable to continue, this time after two years in the Carmel. She spent two months with the poor Claire's. She spent six months in her first attempt with the Visitation Sisters. This time, she spends two years, and again, it fails. Let's just read now. Therese is writing here to her aunt, to Celine Guerin. So what has happened is that her uncle, Isidore, together with her cousin Marie, are traveling up to the monastery to meet Leonie and to accompany her home. And so that's the setting. All of this is happening right now. Ah, if you only knew with what sweet emotion my soul was filled yesterday when seeing him with his angelic little Marie. So Isidore and Marie come to the Carmel just to meet with the sisters, certainly to talk about the fact that they're going to have to go and get Leonie. We were plunged into a very great sorrow because of our dear Leonie. It was like a real agony. These bonds between the sisters are very deep. God, who willed to try our faith, was sending us no consolation whatever. And as for me, I was unable to offer any other prayer but that of our Lord on the cross. My God, my God, why have you abandoned us? Or like that in the garden of agony, my God, may your will be done and not ours. So Therese suffers very deeply for the suffering that she knows Leonie is undergoing. Then to console us, our divine Savior did not send us the angel who sustained him in Gethsemane, but one of his saints, still a traveler on earth and filled with his divine strength. And so she's speaking of her uncle as she's writing to his wife, her aunt. When we saw his calm, his resignation, our anxieties were dispelled, and we felt the support of a paternal hand. O oh dear little aunt, how great are God's mercies on his poor children. If you only knew the sweet tears I shed when listening to the heavenly conversation of my holy uncle. He seemed to me already transfigured. His language was not that of a faith that hopes, but of a love that possesses. At the moment when trial and humiliation came to visit him, because this is not easy for the Guerins either. Leonie is living with them at this point. The Martin household is, no longer exists. He appeared to forget everything in order to think of nothing but to bless the divine hand that was taking from him his treasure and as a reward was testing him like a saint. And then she hasn't finished this letter and the following day she resumes. I had left aside my letter yesterday without finishing it. For Marie arrived with Leonie, so they've been 
to the monastery. They've accompanied Leonie, and Marie now comes with Leonie to visit the sisters, her sisters in the Carmel Speak Room. And watch how this happens. Our emotion was very great when seeing her. We were unable to make her say a word. She was crying so much. Probably nothing more than this can describe the I think it's true to say that this was probably the lowest point in Leonie's life, her third failure at this point. Finally, she ended up by looking at us and everything went off well. And she goes on with further details. I speak of this as the low point. This is just my own um, proposal in Leonie's life. She's 32 years old. All of her sisters are either, well, Three of her sisters are in the convent. Celine is really only waiting to take care of their father until his death to enter the Carmel. Of her two cousins, one is married. The other is just a few weeks away, actually, from entering the Carmel in Lisieux. Her family life has evaporated around her. The Gerens, her aunt and uncle, with great love, uh, welcome her into their household. She wants desperately to be a religious. She's tried three times and failed three times. What is left for her? In fact, she'll say in uh, letters in the time that follows that there is a sadness that I can never shake. There's a sadness that's always with me. You've been listening to A Sister of St. Therese, Servant of God, Leonie Martin, Bearer of Hope with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com, or you can find it on the Discerning Hearts free app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, and if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for A Sister of St. Therese, Servant of God, Leonie Martin, Bearer of Hope, with Father Timothy Gallagher.